What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got an awesome one here for you today. We are talking a little bowl season, a little college football signing day, Urban Meyer out of the Jags. It's a good episode, a little Xavier X recap. You know what it is. Let's go. Thank you so much for your support. And as always, let's go. Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is December 17th and the return of Talty. How are we doing today, good sir? I'm doing great. I mean, this is this is almost, you could start calling me a special guest at this point because <laughs> I haven't been on in like a, over a month probably. Now. It's been a while. Like we were <laughs> we were recapping in the pre-show like, man, what have you missed? And we're just listening to it and then we got to the conference championships. We're like, oh my God, you missed that too? Like we're about to start mm-hmm. bowl season on Friday. Like you've missed a lot. Yes, I have. I have missed a ton. That's all right. We're glad to have you back here. Um, you know what I was thinking the other day, Tim? I no, was I thinking it's really a shame that a once proud basketball program has fallen so far on their faces that they can't even stay within 20 against their rivals where it's just <laughs> beat their chest in, curb stomp them, 18 out of the last 26 we got coaches dropping off three grand at the bar because of consecutive wins. I mean, just embarrassing. It's really, it's just sad. It's sad that a once proud UC program has just fallen to the point where they can't even be competitive. They can't even be on the same court. We got, we got players laughing it off at the end of the day. It's just, it's just sad, Tim. It's sad. I know, right? Pretty <laughs> soon by the end of Steele's career, I mean, he's going to be putting his down payment on Dana's bar. He's going to be put his yearly he's, salary. He's going to be buying it. He's going to be buying the bar. It's yeah. going to be his. Do you think he's worked in at some point he's got to work in a Dana's clause, like just into his contract, like, hey Xavier, <laughs> flip the bill if I win type of deal? <laughs> I think there's enough guys around Xavier's program I'd agree. in the donor sphere that sit around the court level um, that'll be able to flip the bill. If they don't sit around the court level, they're probably up in the suite level. Um, so I think that they'll be all right. Yeah, we have the benefit of, as a private institution, we do not have to disclose any monetary value to our coaches. So, yeah, I'm sure we could we could slide something in there without anybody noticing. Yeah, let's just say Jay Wright scoffed at the notion that he only made $2 million. I think Travis Steele's probably <laughs> scoffing at the notion that people only think he makes X amount of dollars as well. Yeah, a little under a <laughs> mil or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was nice. It was nice for Xavier uh, to get their three final non-conference wins against mid-majors out of the way before we head into Big East play, and it was uh, it's been real nice for us there. So I, I've been enjoying it. It was sad that the UC fans had to resort to egging a statue and throwing cheese on it and say they're a football school when, you know, this was a once proud basketball program. It's just it's sad how hard they have fallen on times. And Wes Wes has just gotten a nice little intro to uh, what is a really one-sided rivalry like I feel like I understand what Ohio State now feels when they look at Michigan yeah sure Michigan got one this year and one every once in a while but man it is nice just showing your dominance year in and year out it's really it's really nice it's <laughs> kind of like Michigan State against Michigan that's yeah. just kind of how it is it just happens it's a beautiful thing um <laughs> it's wonderful. also the Big East just rocks um college basketball is in full force but we are starting to get the unfortunate way we see in the nfl i think last i counted 143 nfl players have covid we've seen our first cancellations in college basketball due to covid so that's back real real nice around this time of year for that to come back here and students aren't even like on campus anymore at this point too which is just an unfortunate sight (laughs) It's nuts. It's blown through here. It's blown through New York. It's blown through everywhere, really. I mean, it's crazy how fast it's spreading. Um, it's scary what it's doing to the um, sporting world. Just because, And I say scary what it's doing to the sporting world because it's starting to shut things down when when most of the sport yep. athletes are, are healthy individuals and they're vaccinated. So it's crazy to see that they're starting to cause all these pauses again. We'll see what's going on, though. We'll see. Yeah, I have a feeling some restrictions will be loosened up. Um I think it's, you know, played a little safe right now, but I I think some, as long as they're vaccinated, 
and they can prove that because we know that the spread is not as big. I'm not a fucking biologist or whatever, but like, you know, there is scientific evidence to suggest as long as you're vaccinated, your spread rate isn't as bad. You're usually asymptomatic. So like, I do think some of the restrictions will loosen up for them in the sporting world. Like the NFL will make some adjustments to their policy. College basketball makes it. Okay, perfect. I missed that. Today they were, they were, they were creating a faster track for asymptomatic individuals to come back rather than having to get two tests within a 24 hour period to come back positive. I think it's only one now or something along those lines, but they've, they've accelerated the process for asymptomatic individuals to come back. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's great. It's crazy that they're, that they're testing the, uh, ones that are having more and more cases more um so they're finding more and more asymptomatic people which i mean it's it's they're trying to i this is a little bit of an overreaction in my mind when it comes to the fact that the uh it's a little hypocritical that you can have 60 to eighty thousand people come into your stadium but um no tests nothing like that no proof of vaccinations none of that stuff but we're worried about the players spreading it amongst themselves. Right. I mean, yeah, it's dumb. It, it was going to get adjusted. It's going to get adjusted. People were having collective freak out on Twitter, and the whole point was literally just to be like, "Can we all just chill out?" Like they're gonna they're gonna make some adjustments. They came in hard because they wanted people to get vaccinated. And people weren't getting vaccinated. Now that they are, mm-hmm. they're gonna make some adjustments. Like let's just chill out, see where it goes. But it is nerve wracking because we're about to talk about bowl season here in a little bit. What that could do there if those players start to catch it. So it, it we're getting thrown back into the chaotic world. But before we talk about bowl season, I think we should take a moment to address some NFL news. We don't always talk about the NFL on this podcast. But, man, did the most obvious of obvious of obvious things happen, something we said here when it would ha- when he was hired. But Urban Meyer is no longer an employee of the NFL or the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it was a French kiss beautiful combustion down there in Jacksonville. Who could have thunk it? Who could have thought that Urban Meyers was going to explode in Jacksonville? Nobody thought it. Nobody on this podcast yeah. said as soon as that strength coach was hired that uh, this is a bad idea. Let's just part our separate ways. We could have mutually separated at that point in time. Um, said, look, I I think you're in a little bit over your head. Um, should have edited this process out a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, um, definitely gone. And it's funny that most of the college jobs are, fill, are full by the time that he uh, got yep. fired. <laughs> literally every major job is pretty much filled at this point in time i don't think there is a major job that it, oh oregon's out there i guess technically they haven't made no, a hire oregon just hired did they didn't oregon hire the offensive coordinator from somewhere did i miss uh, that i believe so my week has just been this is i believe this so. is where we're talking about it's just absolutely chaotic in my world right now let's see here head coach oh would you look at that they did Completely missed they completely missed they hired Danny Lang. Yeah. Completely missed that. All right. Well, good for them, I guess. Um yeah, no, sucks Urban. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just funny because Urban too is like he's a he's a slime ball. Like we all know that. Every year more and more stuff comes out about it. You think he'd take a like a page and just be like, All right, maybe I'll take a beat and just, you know, back out of the spotlight. But now he keeps taking these coaching jobs. What I would love to see, Tim, because it would be hilarious. It's never going to happen. I understand that, but it would be pretty, pretty funny. Where do all coaches that are having trouble go? Right to the graveyard of Nick Saban's resurrection. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Could you imagine if Urban Meyer's the offensive coordinator at Alabama next year? I or an analyst there. I don't see. It that. would never happen. That's it would never happen. I, but it would be I hilarious. Urban Meyer. No. Doing anything. Other than being a head coach. coach. Yeah, no, he would not. But it would be a hilarious image to see and him in the booth. He's got to have full autonomy. Yes, correct. As well as he's he's earned it in the college ranks because he's won everywhere he's gone. I mean, he's also lived scandals everywhere he goes and mm-hmm. everything else that comes with it. But it was one of the reasons why he was going to be a terrible NFL coach. Like, I, I don't understand what is so hard about this for owners and GMs to grasp. The level of success, like the the ratio of taking a college coach who's never had any NFL experience and putting him in the NFL, it always combusts for the most part. Like if they don't have any, now like if they have some in their background, then yes, they they tend to do a little bit better. But like it's just so predictable, and yet we keep going down this lane. Like Dabo is rumored. Now I don't know 
how much validity is to this, but he was rumored for the Vegas job um, and the Raiders, which would be, it'd be the exact same thing. We'd be literally seeing the exact same thing happen if that were to play out. It's just a disaster every single time. And I don't understand why like nobody keeps learning their lessons. Like the, the jump is just too big for these guys who have never had any NFL experience because it's a completely different style of coaching. It's actually coaching. (laughs) It's actually coaching and not scaring the shit out of 19 year olds. Yeah. And just having the best talent. Like, I mean, granted there are some very good college football coaches but like you don't have to be a good football coach to win in college if you're the best recruiter and have the best athletes on the field you can be a mediocre coach and win a ton of games that doesn't play in the nfl where everybody where the parity is much greater and you're working Mm -hmm. as a unit as opposed to like he's the boss like urban's the boss in college he's technically the boss in the nfl but it's more of a we a collective we than a me in the nfl it's just it's just hilarious. I I just don't understand it. Um, James Robinson, if you have him on your fantasy team, people, he's going to be a beast again and being used. Um, Trevor Lawrence maybe will be decent. I didn't like him going into the NFL. I thought he was wildly overrated. He they made the right decision because he is in a spot. He's in that dangerous spot where he could easily become a bust. Not necessarily due to his own fault there, but like if they had stuck on the urban trade. We could be seeing some bad things with Trevor coming up here, I think. Yes, <laughs> that I development that. was not going well. No. no um, nothing was going well in Jacksonville. Nothing. Yes. Uh, nothing at all. God, what a disaster that was. So funny. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Definitely didn't call it out. Yeah. I mean, that that's all I wanted. It was gonna be it was I said it was gonna be if it worked, great. It would be spectacular if it worked, but we pointed out we you can go back and listen to that from the play calling that Urban has going toward at the end of Ohio State. You could tell it wasn't really sophisticated. It was kind of very bland. It was very just we have the best guys, line them up, beat you. To a, a whole slew of issues that we said this isn't going to work, but either way, it was going to be spectacular, and that's what had happened. <laughs> right. Alrighty. Before we move on, anything before we move to bowl season? I don't really have anything else uh, to think. That's about it. No, other than. Real quick, touching on Xavier's ten and one end of the non-conference schedule. Oh, I mean that's all I have. Beautiful. Um, I love the way that they're playing right now. I'm not going to say that too strongly because we know my record mm-hmm. and how I speak about things and what what actually happens. I'm going to start um, buying you a jersey for every team we play the rest of the way here on out and have you wear yeah, it game right. day. Yeah, I need, <laughs> I, I need a. Uh, <laughs> I need to keep uh, this negativity up, and that's why I don't think Steele's a good coach. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, For all you other ones out there who actually believe in that statement, I'm going to need you to line up outside Sintas at the end of the season, and I'm going to smack everyone. I saw that tweet. Somebody tweeted it. I'm paraphrasing it. It was perfect. But, yes, all of the Steel haters can kiss my white Irish butt at the end of the season if it works out well. Yeah, I may have overreacted a little bit at the beginning. I was a little frustrated with what was going on at the beginning of the season. It's fair. There's um, reason there to be frustrated. People that were, uh, there are people that were underperforming um, and things that were happening that weren't up to my liking. Um, but those things have since changed. Um, Steele looks like he's gotten them to, to turn it on and play a lot better. Um, so, yes. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I was waiting. I never said a negative word about him for the first three years. And then at the beginning of the season, started ripping him a new one. So we will see how it goes. Hopefully I can continue to rip him a new one. And by that, I mean keep jinxing him um, and keep keep on this path that he is on. Um, The only thing I do think is that Kiki is a little overrated. Yeah, we're going to see. That one's a tough one. But I'll say this. You know you got a squad when Kiki and Stanley are your guys coming on when normally your walk-ons are what's coming onto the floor. Like when we're in blowouts, instead of throwing walk-ons on, we're throwing them. The depth is insane, which has always been my thing as to like, let's just wait and see because I get the frustration on Steele's part. And, you know, it could still collapse when we get into Big East play and he has to like legit coach. We'll see what happens. I think he's made some improvements and some adjustments. But my whole thing is he has recruited the heck out of this team and he has built it to the point where like we have players we have multiple players that do a specific thing better than others throughout the country like nate johnson is a top, was a top five three-point shooter last year kunkel is a very good three-point shooter we've got the guys down low so like we have the three-point shoot guys if they're cold we got guys that can bang it out down low if the guys banging out down low are cold we can push it outside we got guards that can get to the hoop we have guys that can distribute like we have players that do ev- like the balance is so 
is so perfect almost. Like it's perfectly balanced with this team that like whatever's not working, you have a very another uh, like you have another I'm not really saying it right, which is great. Not like we don't run a sports podcast here. But essentially what I'm trying to say is Xavier is built perfectly from the standpoint that like if something isn't working, for example, the three point game, we have just a, as viable of an option down low to get that going until that comes back around in reverse. So like so many things have to go poorly for us to play really poorly in a game because there's so much balance at each each level of the game. Yes, and I think we saw that with Fremantle coming back. It's it's correct. It's uh, and Nunji really getting into that it. down low game. Yeah, um, Nunji is starting to get healthy, get his legs underneath him, um, get his wind back a little bit. Miles is getting used to now. actually playing. <laughs> yes, that's yes, right. Miles he's... is finally actually playing um, and getting just used you know, to it because he's, he's never played. He's, <laughs> he's no, getting used he's to not it. Used to that, yeah. yeah. He's not used to playing big minutes um right so him him starting and being able to um being able to rebound down low and be that be that physical presence should allow Fremantle a lot more space to do what he does and score he was terrible rebounder the first couple years I always thought yeah. there were some times where his hustle would just lapse not calling him lazy it's just mental lapses almost and it seemed like you'd like just forget to box out you'd think he was more athletic than the guy and he just wouldn't box out and he would miss on a rebound so now with miles down there he's able to rebound a little bit more um and a little bit better freeze Fremantle up on the offensive end to um to kind of create more space so i like where this team is headed um and i like the spacing i like the shooting the shooting is something that we haven't had in the last three or four years yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, like I said, it's well-balanced. I'm very excited for what this team, the, this, I'm not going to say the sky's the limit because that would be national championship, and I don't have grand illusions of that. But, like, this team, there is no reason that our goals at the beginning of the season are not achievable, and that is being in the top four of the Big East and competing for a Big East championship and then going to the tournament and winning a couple games. Like, that is still well within it, and we could potentially go further. We'll see how it goes. I'm not getting my hopes too far up, but, like, those goals of what we need to see happen this year are well within reach, and Xavier, for those people who are not Xavier fans, are like, for the love of God, please start talking college football. This is why we tune into this show. What are you doing? Just know that they are a good potential gambling team this year because they are a tough out if they're underdogs. We'll we'll do a good job of putting away our bias. I'll be like, this is a good spot to buy Xavier. But Xavier could be a team, a very stereotypical team that is a thorn in the side of people for the rest of the season, which is what our brand has been for years. Is Xavier is the thorn in the side of people. We are, as Rothstein calls us, hell in a cell. We are the worst team to be playing. That's what we've got this year, I think, which is nice and to see have. again. And they have been covering recently, even some of the larger spreads. Correct, so, which is nice because the season did not start out that way. Yeah, so just something to be on the lookout of. And Big East play is going to be awesome this year. The Big East is, dare I say, top two conference right now in the country, <laughs> top to bottom. Who would you say was one? Uh, there are people, some other co-hosts that are maybe not on right now that would make an argument that the Big 12 is a, a slightly deeper, okay. better Big conference. 12. The Big but... 12, I thought you, I thought you were going to say that he was going to go to the Big 10 and there's no, no chance. God, no. Not a shot They're, are they better than the Big East. Purdue team. is starting to collapse. Michigan yeah. is starting to collapse. Well, we already showed that when we played them in the Gavit tournament. So, like, there exactly. we go. Yeah. The exactly. ACC is a Very dumpster soft. fire outside the top of mm-hmm. it. The SEC, give me a break. Pac-12, give me a break. Big East basketball all day long. We are back. SEC could be pretty good. I mean, they could. But, could but the SEC, but the Big East is back. We, are, we never left, to be clear. But this is Correct. a damn good conference this year, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, we are here. We are here. (laughs) All right, let's talk some football. Um, (laughs) Any specific game? We are going to talk some bigger games because Tim is not going to be able to record uh, that week. We will give out our official – I'll give out my official pick the week of the the playoff games. But before we get into those games, anything that jumps off the board to you right away that you want to talk about? I got one that I'm willing to put a a, a bet down. Now, here's the thing with bowl season. We talked about it last week. I'm going to reiterate it here. All these picks that I am putting, I am going to be holding off until basically the day of. Because with COVID and opt-outs and everything else, coaches, you never know what can change. It could change in a moment. There are still plenty of players. You look at the Ohio State team, plenty of those wide receivers are still contemplating whether they're going to play. You look at Kenny Pickett for Pitt. He hasn't declared yet. Matt Corral, like big stars that could easily sway games if they decide not to play. So 
we're going to take it at what we know at this point and give out the pick, but I would recommend holding off unless you are got an inside tip or widely confident that these people are going to play placing a wager right now. But I'm going to start with a game this week in BYU-UAB. BYU is such a good football team. Six and a half against the UAB team. They're not in the same class. They might keep it close early, but BYU ate alive the Pac-12. They are a tough out. They got a bunch of Mormon boys that are like 26 running around out there because of that whole deal. Um, this is a physical football team, multi-layered, not a ton of opt-outs last I saw. Um, so I do like BYU here. Um, yeah, no healthy BYU players are opting out as of right now. So I like BYU here. I was going to say there's no healthy 26-year-olds that are still in college that are going to be opting out. Like, they don't have anywhere else to go. Correct. Which is something <laughs> we're going to talk about with the Army pick later. And just, like, BYU has a lot of motive. Betting, putting bowl games is as much about trying to read the tea leaves on motivation as it is in the X's and O's and the stats. Like, it's probably even more that way, in reading motivation in teams around bowl season, around football. And I think BYU's motivation is strong here. They're the better team. They should cover this number, in my opinion. I also like App State I, against I, Western Kentucky for a very similar reason. but <laughs> You like App State because I like Western Kentucky. I like App State because I think the secondary is really good, and this is another team where I think the motivation is just a little bit higher. But, yeah, taking the points, I roll the dice on them. Okay. Just where I'm going with that okay. one. Um, What was I going to say? On the, thoughts on the Florida-UCF game. Why is Florida favored by six and a half in this game? What am I missing? That is a good question. I I think it comes down to just you have it's the better athletes conundrum. Technically, you have the better recruits and the better athletes lining up, but Gus Malzahn is rough down there right now at uh, UCF. But the Florida situation is also a dumpster fire. Um, So what is that spread lot? I didn't see. I'm looking at six and a half. Six and a half. Florida. Mm. Favored by six and a half. That's that's what jumped out to me, and I don't understand why Florida would be favored by so much in a game where I just feel like they're gonna have I I mean, I know that uh I, I know that Gene Shizik isn't is not a good coach for UCF, but like Florida just being a dumpster fire and, and I I don't know. They're I don't feel like they would even be motivated for this game at all. The people that are playing. Yeah. I, I'm sort of with you, man. I, yeah, I like it. I, I like I like their points there. I like taking the underdog there. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. You know what? I'll ride with you on that one. Um, I was more hearing your thoughts on this one, too. I don't know that I can give an official pick on this yet. I like it because of an unmotivated Florida team against an in-state rival, um, and that's the main reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like Gene Chittick either. So Gus Malzahn, you mean? Don't get me wrong. Different Auburn or, coach? Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> We're getting close. <laughs> Yo, feeling Nate there. <laughs> that we are. That we are. Well, Chizik was out here being, oh, we didn't even talk about National Signing Day. We'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> those, he had himself a oh, rough day he on Twitter. himself a day complaining about students making money when he's here getting paid not to coach. $8 million buyout. He's the, the only reason that he won a title is because he paid Cam Newton. So what does he have? What leg does he have to stand on? Honestly, unreal. Um, just the the people that came out of the woodwork on National Signing Day. I mean, th- one of those situations where when people tell you who they are, listen, because there's a lot of people looking real stupid and real dumb and real kind of like borderline oppressiveness here with this like bitching and moaning because God forbid the number one prospect in the country flips from Florida State to go get paid money that, if done right, could set his family up for an extremely long time. And, oh, by the way, he's going to get coached by arguably the best player to ever play the position he plays. Like, yes, I get it's an HBCU and the competition level is not as great as a Florida State, but Florida State stinks. Give me a break here. He's going to go get coached by Deion Sanders, who is arguably the best defensive back to ever play the position. And he's going to get paid. You, everybody else can stop complaining. What it does is it overturns the world order, and people are always pissed when that happens. But, like, yes, I love, love, love this. Not only that, he is 
being taught to be one of the best promoters and one of the best um, correct social media guys in the game. Like he created, he he created the way that cornerbacks are now paid by being prime correct. Time. If he was not prime time, he would not have been getting paid the way that he did in the NFL. And so now he gets to go down there, learn from him. When Deion Sanders is most likely going to get a big time job here soon, I would think, and or at least be in, in the mix. And he's just going to go with him. Yeah. He's got to do one year down at at, uh, at Jackson State, where he wouldn't have played that much as a true freshman anyways. I mean, he would have been getting burned as a true freshman in the ACC just because of how um, how difficult it is to make that jump from high school to college. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, like, it's just – it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I get it. People are pissed. But, I, see, th- there are so many differences between coaches. Perfect example, though, Jimbo Fisher. What did he do last – yesterday or the other day he just came out and said like i don't get why everybody's complaining we've been doing this already under the table like yes exactly instead of dabbo over here crying cry me a river dabbo you're gonna actually have to coach for once in your life now um and every other person out here who has made millions off these kids who haven't seen a well they have seen some money but legitimate money that they could have been making you all didn't want to pay them the real shame, I mean, there's so much. We've talked about this for so many times about how the NCAA has really set this up for failure and potential kind of predatory individuals coming into these players' lives to try to steal money and things like that and not really protecting the athletes. Go figure the NCAA is not doing a good job of protecting the things that they're supposed to be protecting. Who would have thunk? Um, but long story short, like, this is great. I love this. Players should have always been getting a cut of the pie. Yeah, things are going to have to change. This is the new world order. You're going to have to be a great recruiter. I love the point you brought up, though, about Dion. Like, he's not only going to be coached by the one of the best people to ever play his position, but you're 100% right. He's going to learn life skills from one of the best to do it in the areas of, like, branding yourself and knowing your worth. And one of the, just, like, all of that stuff that you, you want to have in a football coach and a leader, you're getting in Dion as well. It's a great move by him, to be honest. Exactly, and not to not to bring up uh, my own school, but coming up to Michigan State, like that's kind of what Mel Tucker's doing up here as well. He's starting that stuff. He's pushing all the social media. He's pushing his kids um, to start their Twitter, start their Instagrams, build up their following, and get those followers so that when you leave, you have all these followers that you can monetize that stuff into and they're creating that platform. And that's what Dion's going to be able to do for, yep. for this kid that, that's going to be with him instead of being on Florida state's team. Yep. hundred percent agree with Mike Norvell. Give me a break. <laughs> also, if once again, hell of a contract extension. Florida yeah. <laughs> it also says for all those coaches too, like you need to get hip to the game. Why were you not offering him money? Like, once again, it's just as much on you for him flipping. Like, <laughs> you failed there, bud. Um, exactly. I don't know what to tell you there. Um, all righty. What was I going to say? Oh, Virginia uh, SMU. I talked about this. Dante was so surprised. He was like, Tim will probably take the over in this one. This is points, points, points as long as Armstrong plays. Guess what this total's at? Have you seen it already? Oh, God. Nope. Oh, nice 71. Love it. For those of you who do who are not familiar with UVA, they have been they have been a blast to watch. But it all depends on if Armstrong is playing. If he's not playing at quarterback, I wouldn't touch this with a ten foot pole. Um, so, but if he is Electric City, this thing's probably going over. Uh, Fantastic! So, that's going to be such a fun game to watch. I love points, points, points. That's I all. I love it. Another game that I think that is going to be points, points, points. I want your sort of opinion on this: Oregon, Oklahoma. Because we've seen some defensive players already opt out for both these schools. These are both schools with coaching, well, not vacancies. They've hired their guys, but they're not going to be coaching. These are both schools that if their defenses don't really care, which, I mean, even when they cared, they weren't that great. <laughs> I feel like this could be some points right here at 61 and sixty-one and a half, or 61 flat right now is what I'm seeing. I feel like this could be some points right here. <laughs> I could see it from Oklahoma. I don't know that does, – does Oregon have that high-scoring offense? They were more physical, right? Not really, but if Oklahoma's had some big-time opt-outs from what I remember True. on their defense. Oklahoma doesn't have a defense. And, yeah, they don't really have a defense. And Oregon can – they are – like if they if Brown loads – if they use him as a runner, like mm-hmm. they, they can put up some points. Yes. Long story short, yes, they can. 
They're just not consistently doing it, but if they're not facing much resistance, they should be fine. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't hate that one. Um, Let's talk Pitt-Michigan State. This is a game that I think you, as long as Kenny's playing, and this is one where you wait, I'm betting it on Pitt because without Kenneth Walker, who just announced he's going to the draft, so I believe he's opted out, I would assume, oh, yeah. based off he logic, you lost your biggest offensive weapon. You have a defense that stinks through the passing game. Oh, yeah. You have a Pitt defense that's quite aggressive. Like, look at the opt-outs here, but I don't see a way Michigan State stays in this game if Pickett plays. Do you? I don't see Pickett playing. That is the point where I'm saying I would hold off until the day <laughs> of, but as long as he plays, I don't care if the spread is seven. If he's playing, oh, if he's playing, this spread immediately goes to mm, Pittsburgh my, minus six and a half. It goes yeah, and I'd still minus, take it. <laughs> it, go, it goes from Michigan State minus one to at least Pittsburgh minus six and a half. Like it's a seven point at yes. a minimum swing. So I guess the question is, Can't if the number's play. a touchdown... If- not more than a touchdown. Let's set it at seven. I, I never bet on my own team, but if Kenny Pickett's playing, I would not bet against Pittsburgh. That is the answer that I was looking for. Yep. Okay. So if it's under, if it's at seven or less, I'm taking Pittsburgh Correct. if Kenny is playing. That is the key, key contributor. Now, if he's not, this game becomes interesting. Because <laughs> yeah. who the hell is going to play? Because, <laughs> not who who's, we know who's going to play, but what kind of quality of football are we going to be watching here? Because <laughs> it's going to be rough. I don't know. Because we've lost a lot of guys to injury as well. Yes. Um, so the guys that are banged up, probably not going to be playing. Um, that's why Kenneth Walker's not playing. He's been dealing with ankle issues all year, so he's not risking it. I don't blame him. He's got to take care of himself. He's already earned I his agree. money. He's not going to get any better as far as NFL draft perspectives go. He's already gotten enough tape out there from this year, so why would he play? Um, protect I, yourself. I have so, a question for you. Somebody brought this up on Twitter. Kenny, I thought it was an interesting point. Sorry, I just thought about it because what you were saying there. Somebody brought up the interesting point of like how long will it take till a booster figures this out? I forget what the guaranteed money is now on like NFL rookie quarterbacks, but they used the example of Johnny Menzel. Johnny Menzel was guaranteed to make six million dollars. How long do you think until these bigger schools with like game change Alabama perfect example, Bryce Young, the year he's eligible to go to the draft. Now he will be guaranteed to make more money than that. Is there a case that you could see where boosters come in and say, we will pay you the exact same amount of guaranteed money to stay another year that you no, make in the NFL? I don't, th- I don't know that boosters really care about the ultimate result of the um, of the bowl games. No, I'm talking about if like if a team is a national champion. Like, Alabama's a perfect Nobody's example. Nobody's going to opt out in a national championship game. No, to stay another year is what I'm saying. Not not oh, to stay, stay another, another year. year. Yes, like they say could do that. that's what I I'm saying. Sorry, maybe I maybe I set that up wrong. I, I thought went, you were talking about just to play in the bowl. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about to stay another year. Like Kenneth game. Walker, perfect example. I can see that happen. What if a booster came in and said we were whatever the maximum amount guaranteed you can make in the NFL? I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but whatever that well, that meant. If they offered him two and a half million, like, right? Dude, this is what I'm saying. How long do we think until this happens? Because like not that long. This is my point. It was a great point brought up on Twitter. I could 100% see this happen, especially at these bigger schools where, like, if you have a game-changing quarterback, you're not really sure about the option behind you, boosters coming in and be like, whatever the numbers are for, like, whatever the most guaranteed money a rookie quarterback could make in their rookie contract, I could see them potentially getting close. Maybe not offering it exactly, but getting close to it. To stay I another think that year, they could get close and get close enough where they get another year of development and actually get to play, and they don't they don't have to be on a mitigates uh, the risk injury because now you're guaranteed yep. injury or a non guaranteed salary amount where they get more cash up front too. This is where I, the wild wild I, west I, of this could come be into play. If that came into play, I mean, you're already seeing coaches getting ten million dollars a year now, and there's yep. multiple. It's not just one coach getting ten million dollars a year. 10 million over over 10 years it's insane the amount of money that's being thrown around right now yep. so i wouldn't be surprised if that goes right to the players pockets which is also i think part of like the reason the coaches are complaining is because i mean the schools aren't paying the players right now it's sponsorship deals and things like that but i think the the coaches see the writing on the wall that at some point the players are going to get paid more which is money out of their pocket which is another reason why they're complaining <laughs> yes they, they see the writing yes. on the wall boosters there. have found another place for their money to actually go to to do more of an impact exactly and it's coming out of the, the coach's pockets it hasn't yet because it's only gone more into the coach's pockets right now but if you're not the right coach you're going to start seeing that stuff flip 
hundred percent agree. Um, all right, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but my, the thought had when you were talking about you know not playing in the bowl because you're getting Gary Martin. I was thinking of the example of like, what if a booster came in and told Kenneth Walker, "We're going to give you two two point five million dollars to stay another year." Like that's where the interesting scenario is. That's, that's where you might be. I think you might see it at Michigan State with Xavier Henderson. I think he might get another nice little half million dollar. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, you might as well stay stick around here. Where our secondary yeah. isn't getting that much better here quickly because we got a bunch of young new recruits coming in so why don't you stick around here and uh teach these boys up and uh we'll give you a little half a million dollars or a million bucks to stay around i mean he's good great he's going to be a safety in the nfl though so who knows how much money he's actually going to get this is true um this game though is interesting too i mean you you think you're kenny pickett and you got a chance to be the number one quarterback taken and you're going to get up against a terrible michigan state secondary that basically gave cj stroud the invite to new york correct why why wouldn't you play in this game uh potential knee blowout or something like that is where you're that's the only thing right your risk the risk reward even even knee blowouts like I don't get me right wrong. Back from those, there, there's only been like one serious. I don't disagree, but if he does that, then his draft—he's no longer the number number one quarterback off the board. Matt Corral probably is, which is Correct. where that if is. If he doesn't, if he doesn't look good, then he's just exposed. Yeah, but he will <laughs> because I mean, it's Michigan State. Yeah, defense. <laughs> he will. This team is fantastic. Um, all right, talk to me about the playoffs here. Give me your because you're not going to be on. Want to mm-hmm. start? Let's start Georgia, Michigan. Lines at eight and a half. I think that's kind of a crazy line to be giving this team. I think, it's a, like, I think it's a lot because I don't I don't see Georgia's offense putting up that many points. See, Georgia's offense can if JT Daniels yeah, is play playing. That's going to say Kirby Smart is dumb. Yeah. We've already seen that. He's already showed his hand in that Alabama game. He's not bright. Oh, he's a great um, A loser, which I talked about last week. He can get all the five stars in the world, but he can't pick the right ones to play. Apparently, at so, quarterback, it's it's I insane. Mean, it, it's wild to see this happen again and again. So if he rolls out with Stetson Bennett, it's like, what? Wow, Michigan does have a shot to win this game, then. Which I they do. Michigan Their State secondary is very good. Once. Yeah, Michigan's <laughs> secondary is very good. Uh, the problem I said, and I said this last week when we were giving like brief highlighted versions, is like mm-hmm. if you're Michigan go though, this is like the worst matchup in the first round you could have asked for for your offense to go because like your strength, you have to be able to run the ball. Georgia's defense is like banging your head against the wall trying to run against it. Now, Michigan's offensive line is fantastic, and they might be able to win those battles. But that is, a, I would have much rather played, I think, an Alabama or UC than a Georgia. Just the because match hey. styles make fights. I feel like this style is less favorable, but that's also why I think it's crazy that it's eight. This game should be way closer. So I, I haven't made a pick yet, but like I lean Michigan at eight. That seems crazy high right now. Yeah, I would lean Michigan to cover here. I mean, but that's that's only because I don't see how Georgia puts up, like Georgia beats them by more than eight points. Now they have been dominant all year, but even in the Clemson game at the beginning of the year, they couldn't score. Yeah, they didn't score. They didn't even score uh, an offensive touchdown. Now so, Clemson's defense was always still pretty good throughout the year, but yes, Clemson's I get what you're saying. Was always yes. good, but still, I mean, the, the Clemson's defense is good, but if you can't score on offense it's going to be tough to beat anybody by more than eight points. So that's where I see them struggling. Um, Michigan, I do not know what they look like without their run defense. Now their passing game has opened up more and more when they, when they've inserted Andrew Anthony. And I feel like that was almost a neglection by Jim Harbaugh to not even play him until the Michigan, Michigan state game. Um, because not even knowing who he was before then was insane yeah. the way he played against Michigan State. It, and it makes no sense that he had to wait for injuries in front of him in order before he was playing. Um, so we'll, we'll see what their passing offense develops into because it has gotten more and more. But if he keeps I, – I still don't understand. I know J.J. McCarthy has a bunch of talent, but I still don't understand the two-quarterback system. It, it throws off the rhythm a little bit. It's been working. He hasn't. It, J.J. McCarthy hasn't had the same turnovers that he did to turn the Michigan-Michigan State game around, um, but there, there's still that option. I mean, he's still a true freshman. He, it doesn't matter how long he's been playing. And to put him in there on just known running plays, it seems dumb to me, especially when Cade McNamara has been playing pretty damn well. It's not like a Stetson Bennett-JT Daniels situation. It's more of uh, 
I mean, it is more of a Jake from Jake. Uh, it's more of a uh, Jake from Justin Fields when he was a true freshman situation. Yes. Um, so that's kind of the situation we're in. I mean, JJ McCarthy could and possibly should steal it from Cade next year, but 100%. right now, I mean, that should be Cade's job all day, yeah. every day. My concern, and I'm still digging in this game. I'm going to have a lot for it the week of. Um, it's going to be more one of the most. The week of is going to be one of the most extensive breakdowns I've ever done of games between that and the Cincinnati game, which, Lord forgive me, I'm about to make a pick there that week. I already know. I can feel I'm going I'm going right back to the trap, and I'm going to think I can, I can get that cheese out quicker than the trap, but we're going to see. Um, I, I still have concerns about Cade's ability to make the big throw when you need it, but, yeah, he's been playing well enough that, he, yeah, there shouldn't be that break in rhythm. Um, he is very much a quarterback that needs to get in rhythm to play well, and that breaks in rhythm is not helpful to him. So we'll see. It's going to be a very interesting game. Alabama, you see. I am, oh, man, I have, I'm going deep into this game. I'm not ready to make a pick, but I am having a hard time looking away from that UC plus 14 and a half and not being like, I know it's a trap, but, man, I love it. Um, what do you feel about this game? I feel like this is a trap, too, because Alabama showed us their hand all season, how bad of a team they actually were, and then all of a sudden when they played against Georgia, they just figured it out, and it was nuts. I just don't understand how they flipped the switch like that. Now, we've seen it before with Nick Saban teams when they've done this multiple yep. times. Um, you don't get rich betting against Nick Saban. This year, you didn't do too bad um, if you picked your spots correctly. So it's just I don't know. Which we generally did until that Georgia game. (laughs) I said which we generally did until that Georgia game. I picked generally when to bet against them, and that Georgia game was a miss. But to our credit, (laughs) we've we've done a decent job on Alabama all year. But yeah, that was that was a bad miss on my part. (laughs) Correct, correct. That was a big miss. But like when they were playing against Florida, and Florida got to them. Florida's not a good team as we've seen. So Alabama. There's been times when they should have lost, too. And so I, I just don't know how I, – I don't, I, don't, I don't know which Alabama team we're going to see. Are we going to see the one that played against Georgia, or are we going to see the Alabama team that we saw all year that was skated by, uh, by the skin of their teeth when they were able to do it? I don't know. Yeah. That's where I am questioning – I would much rather this is a this is one where I would be betting with my emotions um, rather than what my actual mind is telling me because mind keeps telling me it's Nick Saban you dummy just just close your eyes bet on it as much as you hate it if you hate the pick it's probably even better for you so w- with my mind yes that would be my pick but with my heart I'd love to see UC cover and maybe even sprinkle a little money line here see if they can pull this off and and bust through. Um, cause they do have the talent to do it. I mean, they, they also have the experience. Has... They've seen the sec speed before. Now, granted, yes. there are some guys that are missing from last year's team, but, and some people will say, well, that game didn't matter. I don't care. They, they played a dog fight game. It mattered. Yeah. And they saw more importantly, they saw the speed and it, yes, I get it's different, but it's not as scary when you've been there and you've seen it and you have that mentality of like, oh, no, we can compete in this game. If this was their first time going up against an SEC team in this big spot, that's a different story. But they've been here, so they can almost build some fake confidence, even though it's not the exact same spot, where they're like, oh, we've done this before. We're good. Like, we don't have to be intimidated by that. And and if uh, – because Alabama lost lost Menchie, right? They did, yeah. That, that, that's who they lost for the year. Correct. And with, they have their – I mean, it's Alabama, so who knows who's going to be coming off their bench or anything like that because it's Alabama. They always – correct. it's like Ohio State's receiver room because that's where um, Williams is from. So, yeah. who, kno- <laughs> so who knows Crazy you couldn't find, a, find time who on the – like- Yeah, right. Who knows what's coming out of their wide receiver room. Um, but that does bode well for UC with, their, with some of their cornerback talent. Um, they have a lockdown corner uh, on UC – They've got and two. If, I mean, if he can, uh, yeah, the, they get Kobe. They have lockdown corners. Yeah, Kobe Bryant won the Jim Thorpe Award, which gives to the best defense defensive back in the country. He's not even the best defensive back on his team. Sauce Gardner is the best <laughs> defensive back on his team, but nobody throws it to him anymore, so he doesn't have the statistics to go out there and win that award. That's how good they are in their secondary. It is insane. And that's their that's their big matchup. And with with Alabama going down wide receiver, who knows if Bryce Young can can be able to pull those off. Yep, and they've got two edge, two very very good edge rushers. 
my concern, uh, I think if you're a UC backer and the thing that I've, I'm, I'm still rambling in my head is whether this is one of those classic spots where they hang in there early because the emotions of the game, because they're talented, they deserve to be there, but then just the pure, sheer size bodies that Alabama can throw at you just kind of wears you down over the course of the game, and then late they blow it open. My other concern is Desmond Ritter, who has been very good, does the opposite, where he comes out very slow. Like, his emotions get the best of him early, and then he settles into the game, which is... Also problematic. That's, that's kind of where I, where I did the little flip yeah. hand signal because uh, I'm more worried about them coming out sloppy like they did tend to do in some of their games when they didn't need to get up for and they'd come out, look a little sloppy at the beginning and then turn it on at the end. Um, I'm more worried about them coming out sloppy. Like if my we get second half. Be, actually, my favorite bet might be Alabama first half Cincinnati game. That's an interesting way to go. Um, just because that's kind of what we've seen out of Cincinnati all year. You've also got um, save it with an enormous amount of time to prepare for this, which is also scary. I would have loved if this. Been, that's always been the worst. That's yeah. always been the worst. This that's game, if I'm this game. It... My mind is, I'm trying to figure out a way to bet Cincinnati <laughs> and be comfortable with betting Cincinnati. And I'm not really talking myself into it, but I'm probably going to do it anyways. Yeah, I'll, I'll help a little bit probably the following <laughs> weeks here when I really start throwing numbers at you here. But yeah, no, that is a concern. I wish this game had been played immediately after the SEC championship game. Give me 14 points and then I'll take UC right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, so, all right, that's that's solid. Anything before we wrap this up that you want to throw out there, bowl-wise or game-wise or anything even non-related there? I don't believe so. Not that I know of. Old Miss is another one where as, as long as Matt Carell is playing, I'm betting Old Miss. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> throwing that out there right now. Um, I'll be tweeting some oh. – oh, go ahead. Real quick on the on the Big Ten, the recruiting rankings that, and how they shook out shook out on the twenty twenty two class. There needs to be conference realignment. Oh my God, that I was so bad. Yes, the, the top seven teams in the Big Ten as far as recruiting are on the East. Eight through fourteen are in the West. It's insane. It it's really bad, folks. So for those who are not familiar with the graphic. Like Tim just described, it's a graphic about how the recruiting dispersed through the Big Ten. The rankings go Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland. That's your top five. in the Big East. All in the East. All All in the East. Maryland is out here out-recruiting Purdue the entire West. That that's just how bad it is getting there. Um, Wisconsin was at the bottom, which was kind of shocking to me. Uh, I mean, not that shocking, but I thought they'd be a little bit higher. Um, yeah, it's, I'm with you. It's it's rough out there. <laughs> I don't know how the West is ever going to compete. <laughs> I mean, I thought it would. I thought it would be. Uh, I thought it would make sense just to swap Michigan State with somebody else on the West. But now, like, you need more teams to go over to the West. It seems like because it, it is so bad over there. It is right. And it has been for so long. It's been Iowa or Wisconsin. It doesn't really matter what's going on over there. It's going to be Iowa or Wisconsin, and that's just what it is. I Yep, I agree. I'm 100% with you on that one. So um, I think we will cover – we will be back. Uh, we'll throw, I'll throw something out next week, but week before New Year's. So last week of December, we'll have a podcast out. We'll go into more of those – the bigger bowl games then. Um, and give some picks out for that. But make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod. I will throw out picks there as well. What were you going to say there, Tim? Since we're since you're not having an NFL show, do you want to touch on the only thing NFL going on this this week? That thing that I sent you about Jackson and Holmes about that bar. <laughs> they called him out for being oh. a scumbag, and, not, and uh, he doesn't get anything with his clout. We're sorry, we're not going to bend over backwards for somebody that that thinks they're entitled to everything. Jack calling him out. I thought it was awesome. Jackson Mahomes gets body bagged on like a weekly basis, but that was, I mean, call 911. I would like to report a murder online because that right. was, for those of you who have not seen, oh my God. That was, I mean, Patrick Mahomes needs to pull an Aaron Rodgers here and <laughs> get away from his family at this point because yes. it's getting rough out there. <laughs> yes, yes. 
It was crazy. Yeah. So that that is our talking NFL for this week. Yeah, <laughs> that game tonight. I meant week. to I meant to tweet out a pick for that, um, but I completely forgot today. Oh no, I, no 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 Nate pick two Thursday. No Nate pick two Thursday. I was <gasps> working late and I completely forgot because I had to get some. I'm taking tomorrow off to head up to Detroit. Mm. Um, so I was working a little late today and I just completely forgot uh, to do that. I probably would have taken the Chiefs. Had I picked it, um, we'll That's see where that I plays. The Chiefs yeah, and, and the over for the most part, actually, probably I would have taken the over and the Chiefs. So those would have been my two picks. They don't count. I won't put them on the record because they have. This is coming out <laughs> Friday, even though it was recorded before. Actually, <laughs> kickoff just happened. So yeah, I mean that would have been the pick, but uh, we'll see how that would have played. But yeah, no, I completely forgot. Um, it's gonna be an interesting Whoops. week handicapping the NFL because. Like I said, 143 players currently in the NFL with COVID. So, have 25 on the Rams. Have they, fun uh, sorting Case that one Keenum out. Just tested, Case Keenum just tested positive as backup yep. quarterback. For Nick the Chubb it's might be insane. playing quarterback for the Browns this week. Okay. The football team have like lucky. don't have a roster at this point. Like, yeah, it's it's a rough situation. But alrighty, I don't think I have anything else. So. Nothing nope. else. That'll do it for us. Make sure to check back. Like I said, I'll probably put something out the week of Christmas, but. We'll have a podcast giving out the official picks for the big bowl games last week of December. And as always, peace. Peace. Boom.